So tonight we start this journey. It's a journey that many have taken, many are on right now. A journey toward wisdom. We're going to use as a vehicle the book of Proverbs. We're not going to forge our own path that has never been traveled before. Not necessary. Charting our own course is not required. We have a guide on this journey. We're going to introduce you to him in a minute. We are equipped with necessary tools of travel. We'll look at here in a moment. We are given some solid direction. But we need to be on the same page as we get started or else people will say, are we there yet? Are you done yet? Have we arrived? And, and so we've got to come up with some things to guide this trip. So first of all, you've got to enjoy the journey and not be so preoccupied with your destination. That's really the important thing for the book of Proverbs because the truth is you never arrive anywhere. You never exhaust the trip and get to where you sit and say, I've got wisdom, no more can be added. That doesn't happen. So you enjoy the journey, and you learn things along the way that you put into practice. You're watching, you're observing, you're listening, trying to glean as much from life as you can. So the journey is as, is as important a part of the trip as anything. We travel together. No one travels this journey alone. People, uh, uh, they, they think they want to forge their own way, and they go out there in isolation. You can't get wisdom in isolation impossible it's a trip it's a social thing and finally there again there is no final destination um, that may be frustrating for some people if I can't get to the end I won't even start the journey and many people don't you can tell it by how they live their lives that's enough of that now for the introductions there is a starting point that starting point is the fear of the Lord Proverbs Chapter 1, verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. If you do not believe there's a sovereign creator, there is nothing to be learned in this world. The point of the world is God built structure and order into it, reflecting his very nature, left his fingerprints all over it, and when we notice something, we take note of things in creation, how they happen and how they go, we're learning something about God. If we think it's random and it's just kind of happenstance, there's nothing to be learned. It's just chance. But the fear of the Lord says everything in life that we see has an order. And so that farmer notices, you know what? If you don't plant in the spring, in the fall you won't have anything to reap. Now you look at that and you say, is that just happenstance? No, that's built into the order of the world. God put it that way. He told us times and seasons. And so you've got to believe in God. If you don't believe in God, it's kind of difficult to get wisdom. He's saying it's the beginning. It's also the culmination of it. Our guide for this journey, verse 1, the Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. Solomon, as you see that picture, you know it because they're about to cut that baby in half. That's one of the most famous stories during Solomon's life. Or at least he threatens to cut that baby in half. He did not write them all of his own accord. He stole some of his material. He was willing to find it anywhere. Anywhere he found wisdom, he would, he, he would, he would write it down. The, the means of travel is through, the, uh, through this device called Proverbs. You know, there's a... Can anybody pronounce that first word? It, it, most people don't even know it, it exists. Paramiologist, a study, a person who studies parables. Did you know there's a unique word for that? Totally useless trivia on Sunday night. But you might as well go home and learn something new, right? You've got Proverbs. 
usually there are these two line things that if you look at them, you're like, huh? But if you sit and think about them and you, drink, you, you kind of drink a cup of coffee over each one, you're going to find where your life touches on that and you'll find it very revealing. The more time you spend with a proverb, the more true it becomes. Some people have described it this way, short sentences drawn from long experience. Somebody goes through this season of long things, they make some observations and they put it in a pithy saying, and there's a proverb. Sayings. Statements from people who are reflecting on their experiences. Parables like the New Testament, right? A bunch of these. Heavenly story, a earthly story with a heavenly meaning. And then you've got these riddles that just sound so strange. This book is made up of all this kind of stuff. And through this vehicle, we're going to capture what wisdom is. Now, where all this stuff comes from varies widely. There are a lot of people who think book smarts is all the smarts there are. And if you know somebody who's very intellectually brilliant with book smarts but has no common sense, you know what it looks like when you don't have wisdom. Anybody know anybody like that? The idea with Proverbs is this. You're really wise when you can get along with community and harmony and peace. You don't disrupt community all the time. You watch things happen, the day-to-day -day flow of life, and you fit yourself into the order of society, and you can live in harmony and peace with the community. That's what wisdom is. There are these people who think for some reason there are exceptions to every rule. They give themselves extensions. It's as if they're the gifted and talented class of all of culture, and therefore when there's a line at Walmart, I don't have to wait in line. I'm special. I can jump up in line, and they disturb the peace of the community. Or, it's these young people who I don't want to mess around with these little measly jobs that's $20,000 a year. I want to jump to $100,000 a year right now. You can't. You've got to earn your way. Get that through your heads, young people. You've got to earn your way. Is that true? Yes. I, I, burger flipping is too, is too low for me. No, it's not. We all have been through that. And if you're too big and it's too below you to do some of that stuff, you don't, you're not listening to Proverbs very well. Proverbs is a book of Scripture, in Scripture, that makes it clear God is concerned with those everyday mundane things of life that often we take for granted. Keep something important in mind as we go through Proverbs, though. It's not like Leviticus, Ephesians, or the Gospel of Mark. It is, it is authoritative through persuasion. It is not always true. If you treat a proverb as always true, you mess with the proverb itself because these are generalities. It's not always true. And if you go up to a parent and you say, don't you know that when they're older, they will return to the training they had when they're young? They didn't, so you didn't train them right. And you use a proverb to beat up somebody, you violated the very nature of a proverb. You can't do that to proverbs. Don't treat them like they're doctrinal statements that are always true. And I'll illustrate that uh, a little more here in a few minutes. But a lot of people have felt bad because their own experience is an exception to the rule. And they feel like they've been guilty of something. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. A majority of the time, that will happen. But if it doesn't happen in your case, that does not negate the Proverbs. It's just a general statement of reality and observation. 
Now, where I want to spend our time mostly is where the Proverbs want you to end. Before we get there, there's these companions I want you to introduce to. First of all, you've got, these are people that are, you look around at life and you watch people, and you learn more from what you see other people do than even your own experiences. Who are your travel companions? Some of these people are your teachers, actually. One is called the simple. You'll notice him when we read this entire seven verses a little bit later. It's a neutral term. This is a person who's very naive and doesn't get it about life yet. They're not mature, maybe because they haven't had a lot of life experience, but these people largely, they're the pre-wise people. It's like things are all black and white to them. It's either this way or that way because they don't realize that there's some gray in there. They're just too simple-minded yet. And then you've got the young. This young person is a, a person who's really naive and inexperienced, doesn't know a lot because he hasn't experienced a lot, because he hasn't lived a long time. He is going to be wise, or he's going to be a fool, or he's going to stay simple, but he just hasn't had the time to show yet what he's made of. This is the young person growing up, and, and this person can watch life and watch others and learn and gain wisdom and become wise. Or this person can think they've already got it already and they don't need to listen to anybody and become total fool. He's got a choice. And every young person's got a choice. Then you've got a third person. He's the fool. He knows it all. He doesn't have all the experiences, but he thinks he knows enough about everything. He's the expert parent. He's the expert everything, even though experience will really cause him some heartache. But it will never change his mind because he's stubborn. He's never open to seeing things from a different point of view. He will not listen. When he's disciplined, he will not heed the instruction. He's going to go exactly the way he's going right now, and nothing's going to alter him from it. Anybody know anybody? like? Don't, don't point fingers. Just Finally, there's the wise person. Always wanting to add to the store of knowledge, to seek further guidance. Never considers himself to have arrived to where he can't learn. He can even learn from the fool. He can learn from the young person. He can learn from the simple. He can learn from watching an ant. He can learn from studying National Geographic on rock badgers on the top of a hill. This guy is just, this lady is just open. But not so open-minded, her brains fall out. You know people like this? So open, everything could possibly be true, and they keep their minds so open, they drop out, and there's no brains left to think with. That's the fool. The goal of this trip is for you to practice wisdom. And what I mean by practice it is you know the best way, and you can actually have the courage and audacity to take it. And it comes across as discipline and insight to be able to intellectually or intelligently. That's what the proverb writer wants you to do. Now, my favorite part of this is I want you to see the goal. If you were to submit to the training ground of Proverbs, your life would turn out like this. Number one, you would be a person who knows what is appropriate and values knowing what's appropriate, living in harmony with other people and not causing unnecessary disruption to draw attention to yourself all the time. 
There are times and places to do things, and there's times and places not to do things. Do you know the difference? There's a personal space that you honor. Do you know that when you go up to somebody in public, you do not come up here? You know this? Yeah, I hope you know. So you, 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 you got this come right up here. Do you know people who don't know that? They will come up to you without dentine, without anything, and they will violate that personal space. Who taught you that? Does anybody remember your parents saying to you, you come up to about 18 inches and then stop? Did anybody have this discussion with your mom and dad? Now, we've had it in our house because of Proverbs, because it'll tell you that. But here's what, here's what you do. You watch people, and you know that when you get like to hear, they get a little bit uncomfortable, and they back up because you've invaded their 18. Now, as you're watching that, and you're seeing their reaction... Take note, there's a personal space there. Honor that personal space and don't violate it. Proverbs would tell you that. And uh, there's personal space. We talk quietly in large groups of people. We don't answer our phone in large groups of people and carry on a conversation in public. Do I need to say this again? That's what Proverbs would tell you. Don't overeat in public. Find out the dress code. Don't go to a wedding in shorts unless you're in Hawaii. Right? This is the kind of thing we learn as kids. And, and we go, okay, I want to, that's why Melissa says, anytime somebody, what's, what's the dress code? Oh, yeah, i got to call and ask what. Because you want to be appropriate, right? There's two people, as you're exiting the auditorium on Sunday night, there's two people having a heated conversation over here in a corner, and they're really, really, and one of them's crying. The signal is, leave them alone. Don't join that conversation. They're having, it's in public, but it's kind of a private conversation. Sometimes you need to speak up, and sometimes you need to shut up, and you need to know what time it is. Proverbs would say. Don't monopolize a person's time when other people want to see them. There's a time to visit, but there's a time you need to leave too. Notice these Proverbs up on the screen. Whoever blesses his neighbor with a loud voice rising early in the morning will be counted as cursing. That's a proverb. How many know that, yeah, if you say good morning, it's great, but if it's three in the morning and you're in a dorm in college, you probably shouldn't do this, right? Proverbs will tell you that. To make an apt answer is a joy to a man and a word in season, how good it is. You just find the right word and the right tone and you put it in the right spot and there's your wisdom, Proverbs says. Or maybe not say a word. A word fitly spoken is like apples of gold and settings of silver. So a person who knows what's appropriate, that you can figure out, you read a situation the best you can, and you give the perfect spot, perfect thing in that spot. It might be silence. It might be leave them alone. It might be say the right thing. Proverbs wants you to do the appropriate thing. A person, secondly, who knows the value of interacting with other people. That's the second thing it wants you to know, book of Proverbs. Wisdom can be gained. It cannot be gained in solitude or in isolation. Other people have things to contribute. This is why we have YouTube. 
If you don't know how to do something, go on. And there's somebody who can tell you how to do it. Interaction. Human fellowship and interaction makes you a sharper person. The fool is the person who says, no matter what my parents tell me, no matter what discipline I experience or I watch others experience, I'm not going to budge. I have a monopoly on genius. You know how that ends up. Proverbs chapter 15, verse 5. A fool despises his father's instruction, but whoever heeds reproof is prudent. If you listened when your father disciplined you, you will become wiser. That's why he disciplined you. Without counsel, plans fail, but with many advisors, they succeed. Go out there and gain wisdom from every corner that you can. Do not think you have to answer this by yourself. A third thing is that a person uh, who practices wisdom from the book of Proverbs is understanding and discerning. Some things are simply not black and white in life. Some things are gray. Some things completely change, right and wrong, depending on the context you're in, where you are or when you are. That's why I say to you that certain things that guide what we do in this auditorium right now would be wrong if we did it now, but if it were done Monday at 10 in the morning with nobody here, it wouldn't be. Weird, isn't it? It's kind of funny. You've got to be able to think about those things. And it takes thinking through because decisions are sometimes very complex, and the, pant, the pat answers that we give people don't cover everything. Let me give you a case in point. Proverbs 26, 4, and 5. These are right after each other. I mean, these are right next to each other. Verse 4. Answer not a fool according to his folly, lest you be like him yourself. So, so I'm talking to Wesley, and let's say, I, let's say Wesley's just playing a fool now, okay? And it says on this verse, when, when, um, when I talk to Wesley, I do not answer him according to his foolishness, or I'll be like him myself. Next verse, very next verse, answer a fool according to his folly, or he'll be wise in his own eyes. Okay. Does anybody see a problem with these two verses? You can't do both. Which verse is right? It all depends on who you're talking to. Is that weird or what? So the question becomes, how do I know which response to give to which person? You observe with life. There's, there's people who I found difficult before, and I, it, it, it becomes a situation where I have to talk very direct and even sarcastically to them, or they won't get what I'm saying. And it sounds rude if I talk to them this way, and you're standing behind them, and you hear me say this to this person in this tone, and you're going to be like, boy, that was rude. Well, you don't know who I'm talking to. It's weird, isn't it? Two verses in the Bible that contradict each other right after each other, and they're both true. It just depends on who you're talking to. You've got to learn to have discernment. You've got to pay attention to how people respond to you, how they react to you. Keep your eyes open and read people. The Proverbs wants you 
to read and discern what's going on around you and take note of how people respond. And if some way you say something to this person, they like sarcasm. Do not talk to Emma the way you would talk to Tony Pearson. That's what I'm saying. Tony Pearson is the fool in verse 1, okay? And Emma's smart as a tack. So what do you say to the... It just depends on who you're talking to. The Proverbs wants you to be a person who pays careful attention to the routine affairs of life. Because nothing really big happens in this book. There's no miracles. No history of salvation movements at all. The mundane matters of life are important, though. Things like relationships and eating and drinking and making plans for tomorrow. That's what's discussed in Proverbs. What you do with your anger. How you handle your speech. How you go about your work. Making sure you sleep. The boring stuff that you think God doesn't care about. How you treat that person at Walmart in that long line in that cash register. That makes a difference. And Proverbs says, I want you to pay a careful attention, even to when you think there's no headlines around and no press around, and it's not going to affect the big church at all. I want you to pay attention to the routine, mundane matters of life because they matter to God. I want you to be holy when no one else is looking except the lady at Subway preparing your sandwich. Don't smart off to her, and don't treat him like he's an idiot. Because that moment matters to God. A person that cooperates with Proverbs and becomes wise, the person who can glean the best uh, from what culture, even fallen culture, has to offer. Because truth can be found in many places. It's available in every nook and cranny and every religion on the face of the planet. Now, you use the fear of God as a filter that you take out the junk, but you also admit when truth is found, that's from God too. God is the source of all truth. So the wise person can enjoy the entire world and spit out the bones, and all the means of praising and marveling God are there. And so you see Proverbs 31. Does anybody know what's in Proverbs 31? We quote it a lot. It's called the wife of noble character, who can find? That's not Solomon. Solomon stole this from another culture. He was traveling through the world at that time, and he found this parable, this story, and thought, that sounds great. I'm going to put it in Proverbs. Does it bother you? That, Pro, that, that Proverbs 31 was stolen from another religion and put in our book? Isn't that weird? Because the wise person is not afraid of truth no matter where it's found. And can glean and think through and glean something good from nearly every circumstance and place he goes. A wise person is a person who's balanced. Keep coming forward, yeah. He's not lazy, but he's not a workaholic either. He's somewhere in the middle. She achieves a lot, but not by sacrificing something that's even more important. Eat, but not too much. There's a rhythm of life. There's this ebb and flow that you, you find. Know when to work and when to play, when to speak, when not to, when to sleep, 
when to get up from sleeping and go to work, when to run ahead and when to run back. I want you to look at these verses. If you have found honey, eat only enough for you, lest you have your fill of it and vomit, right? You think to yourself, if one piece of chocolate pie is this good, the whole pie must really be good, right? And so you eat the whole thing and you get sick. Proverbs says, learn from this. Moderation. Okay. Better is a little with the fear of the Lord than great treasure and trouble with it. You might be thinking, I wish I had a million dollars instead of what I have. But if you're happy and you're faithful right here, and, and maybe you should be content and be careful about wanting too much. And let your foot be seldom in your neighbor's house, lest he have his fill of you and hate you. We have a version of that that sounds like this. Don't wear out your welcome. Visit your friends, just not too much. Not too much. There's balance in life. And finally, I would say this. It's a person who seeks to focus on God with his life. He wants wisdom badly, but knows that most important thing of all is to be in relationship with God. And that's where you have this famous passage that sounds like this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. Be not wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and turn away from evil. It will be healing for your flesh and refreshment to your bones. Another way it's said in other places, there's a way that seems right to a man. It makes all the sense in the world to his senses. His reason makes so, so very much makes sense. But you know what that leads to? Death. Be very careful about what you do and where you find wisdom, but when you find it, give glory to God for it. Even the seemingly secular and religiousless observations in this book are backed by this fundamental belief that God created the universe and he embeds his secret within it. And when we discover those secrets, it's time to praise God some more. That's the image and that's the picture that Proverbs wants to produce in you. This kind of life. And if you'll cooperate with Proverbs and you read through them, and you'll just read them through every once in a while, just these little Proverbs sayings, and reflect on your life, you're going to glean a lot of wisdom for yourself. There you have it, the details of the trip, which every woman will want, and the directions for the trip, which every man needs. And I hope you look at these things as general parameters. And this snapshot of what you'll look like at the end of the journey motivates you to start the journey in earnest yourself. This is what's in store for you if you'll heed the Proverbs, wisdom of Proverbs, and submit to God on this journey. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel, to know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. Do not be a fool. Seek wisdom. But remember, you can't even start the journey without first fearing and obeying the Lord and respecting his presence where you find it. 
there's anyone here who needs to respond because for whatever reason you've never feared or obeyed the Lord, you've never responded to him, your pursuit of wisdom, it will be in vain. Don't let it be that way. Rather, decide for yourself right now. You're going to obey the Lord and seek wisdom in his word and in his world. That's something that you're subject to. If you need to respond, whether that means confessing the name of Christ as your Savior and being immersed, or whether that means repenting of your sin and submitting to his way rather than your way, do what you need to do as we stand and sing to encourage you. If this message has left you with questions or even a desire to take action in your walk with God, let us know if we can be of any assistance to you. Visit us at the Valley View Church of Christ in Jonesboro, Arkansas, or online at vvcoc.org, or visit the Church of Christ near you. Thanks for listening, and God bless.